What's going on you guys and welcome back to another video. If you're new to the channel here, my name is Brandon. I've got my polo on today because we're talking about boring stuff. We're talking about the price to earnings ratio. I actually don't think it's that boring at the end of the day, I think it's actually very fascinating if this is a tool that can help us make more money and be better investors. But in the big scheme of things, I do get it. The price to earnings ratio is not the most exciting topic out there, but how funny is it that in about three and a half years of doing YouTube, I haven't ever done a dedicated video on what is the PE, how to use it, how I use it. I reference it in all types of videos, but today we're gonna be going through basically a full breakdown. Now, before we do get into today's video, I do just want to take a moment and give a shout out to actually one of my close friends. So someone I grew up with playing basketball, he's here locally, he's a good buddy of mine. They're actually doing like a 3D printer type business. I'll actually put some stuff on the screen if you're interested in it, but they print out all kinds of things. And they printed me out this little, like literal 3D printing. I was watching him do it. He has a actually three of them going in his house and you can print basically anything you want. But uh, here's a little one that he did for me, which is just a keychain of, you know, our logo. He also made this other one, which I don't really know what he was thinking, but we called it an, an Illuminati, an Illuminati pyramid. It's got kind of like our little BBI thing on there. I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Nevertheless, if you are in the market for like keychains or like logo designs, he can do anything custom and it's very cool to be 3D printed, super, super affordable as well. And again, he is a good buddy of mine and it's kind of cool to see people like this doing it. It's him and his girlfriend. So I will link that down below, but let's dive on into the video today. And I want to start off by saying something very important. The PE ratio, as with any ratio or metric out there that you come across in the investing world, is not all telling. It's not the secret sauce. It's not this one metric that's gonna make you a bunch of money or make you lose a bunch of money. As with many things in investing, it's just one piece of the bigger puzzle. And it's one piece that goes into your research, albeit it's a very, very important piece. It's one of the staple things that you need to know about as an investor. And we're gonna get, be getting into that today. But in getting started with today's video, let's start off here with the bare basics starting with what is the PE ratio? And the PE ratio stands for the price earnings ratio or the price to earnings ratio. We're essentially taking a look at a specific stock or asset, but a stock's price and dividing it by the amount of earnings that that stock is going to output. So price divided by earnings, price to earnings, price to earnings ratio. What we're gonna be left off with if we actually look at the PE, it is going to be a number. It's going to be a multiple. So not a percentage point. You very likely may have seen, you know, a, a formula like this. PE equals price divided by earnings. In this case, share price divided by earnings per share. There are ultimately two ways that you can find a PE or a price to earnings ratio. You could look at it on a per share basis. So the formula that I just talked about basically takes the share price. So looking at one sliver of the overall company, and dividing it by how many, how much earnings that little sliver kicks back. I kind of like to think of it like if you had a big pie and a company is just at the end of the day, kind of like a big pie, obviously they're divided up into millions and millions and millions of little slices or slivers or shares. We could look at it on a single share basis, or we could also take a look at the entire company. We could look at the entire business, the entire stock, the entire company, and basically in that case, we'd be looking at the market cap or the total value of the company divided by the total earnings of the company. It's gonna give you the same thing. It's just one of them's kind of sliced up and then one of them's looking at the entire thing. At the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. You're gonna come up with the same result. Now, where do we find data 
on the PE ratio. You can obviously do the math yourself, but I don't see why anybody would really want to do that or need to do that in the modern day. Any stock quote source that you look at online will have it. So on Google, it's one of the first things that you'll find on Yahoo Finance. Personally, for me, one of the platforms that I've really been on recently, a new partner on the channel is Inverse, a really cool way to look at this. Anywhere you go, you are going to find the PE ratio. And you can even find the PE ratio, just FYI, of things like the S&P 500 or the TSX. You could look at an aggregate price to earnings ratio, just look at the average. You can very easily Google that and find that. But in most cases, we're gonna be looking at specific stocks. And what exactly is it that the PE ratio is trying to tell us? And why is it such an important metric that investors use all across the globe? Well, the example that I'll use to explain this is if you look at different businesses out there and you kind of picture them as money printing machines, right? So they're all their own, you know, machine and they print out money. Some print out more money than others. Some don't print out any money, but each business in and of themselves, they operate so differently. They have different business models. They sell different products. They have different management teams. They're all doing crazy different things. But at the end of the day, what matters to us as investors is how much is that business or how much is that machine gonna be spitting out to us in terms of profit or in terms of earnings or income at the end of the day? And more importantly, how much is it that gonna cost us? How much is it gonna cost us to buy the machine or a sliver of that machine? And if I were to just expand on that example and say we had two machines, okay? These are literal money printing machines. But let's just say for this example, machine A spits out or prints $100 per year. We'll just call that profit and it costs $1,000 to buy this machine. Machine B on the other hand, it also spits out $100, so a $100 bill at the end of the year, profit. This machine costs $2,000 to buy. All else being equal, I'll ask you guys the question, which machine would you prefer to buy? And that shouldn't be much of a question at all. Obviously the answer in this case would be machine A. We would rather pay a lower price for the same amount of output, why would we pay double the price to get that same $100 at the end of the day? That just makes no logical sense. If we were to apply a PE ratio to this, so essentially take the price of these machines or these businesses, whatever we wanna look at, we divide that by the output or the earnings, well, we could say that machine A has a PE, a price to earnings ratio of 10 or 10 times, AKA we're paying 10 times the amount of earnings that this machine just produced or produces. Machine B, this has a PE of 20. In other words, this is twice as much. This machine, we have to pay 20 times more relative to what it earns. All else being equal, we could say that the PE of 10, machine A, is absolutely more attractive. And in essence, that is basically what the PE ratio is all about. It takes the price of a stock relative or divided by the amount of earnings that that stock is going to kick back to us or produce for us. And keep in mind, as mentioned, all different businesses are doing different types of things to produce earnings. And it can be sometimes tricky to compare apples to apples, but the PE ratio basically does that for us. So it is fair to say as a general rule of thumb, and I'll say that very clearly, a general rule of thumb, typically a lower PE is better. If we're just looking at it in a glass bubble, if you have a stock with a lower PE, we would say that that stock is cheaper. We can pay less relative to the amount of earnings that we're gonna get. Now that isn't always the case as we're gonna look at a little bit later in the video. But let's go on to a real life example. And if I were to show you, for example, the stock, Apple stock, right? Apple stock, everybody loves Apple stock. Today they trade at a PE of 27, which you'll see down here towards the bottom of this quote. Now to take it a step further to really dial this home, 
Apple shares today trade at about $160, 162. That's the share price. If we divide that by the earnings, so how much earnings is this gonna pump out to us based on every share we buy? $5.60 in earnings or EPS per share. That gives us a price to earnings ratio of about 28. So 27, 28, give or take, that's, that's close enough. Now, if we were to take Apple stock and compare that up to the stock British American Tobacco, British American Tobacco trades at a PE of 10. If I were to ask you right now, which is the better stock to buy? Well, that right there, guys, is a trick question. So trick question. I hope I didn't fool too many of you guys there. And if you did catch on, way to go. Because just because British American Tobacco has a lower PE, that does not automatically mean that it is a far superior stock. All that that's telling us is that investors are willing to pay less for British American Tobacco stock relative to the amount of earnings than they are with Apple shares. And really the lesson there is that a stock can absolutely have a lower PE simply because there's not as much demand. There's not as many investors bidding up the stock for whatever reason, they just don't wanna touch it. Maybe the prospects aren't looking as good, they just don't want the stock. If there's less demand, they're gonna be trading at a lower multiple. Apple is a good example of a stock that does trade at a higher PE, but some of these higher class companies absolutely can command that. The premium stocks out there, when there's so much demand for these companies, they do just trade at higher multiples. And just to kind of emphasize this, taking a look at the recent quarter, British American Tobacco grew their revenues by 0.03%. Their revenues were flat. There was no growth over the previous quarter. They operate in a highly controversial industry with regulations and a bad narrative. Cigarettes, very, very tricky area to be in. The prospects aren't looking that good whatsoever and you see declining smoker numbers, whatever the case is. Apple, on the other hand, they grew their revenues by 11% in the quarter, $123 billion that they generated in the quarter in sales. They have exciting things in the pipeline. It's just one of the best companies out there, one of the best management teams in the world. Investors are willing to pay more for a high-class company like Apple rather than BTI. So you can't be fooled by just the PE alone. Now on top of that, just to add on a couple of notes, if you come across a stock with a high PE, that doesn't inherently mean that it is a bad thing. In fact, it could in some cases be a good thing. As mentioned, these high-quality companies, the premier companies out there, they often do command higher PEs, they trade at higher multiples than an average company out there. So there's just general demand. On top of that, you'll definitely come across a lot of growth stocks that do trade at higher multiples. And really the reason behind that is that, you know, think to a company like Amazon or think to a company like Tesla, which are two really good examples over history and even in the current day that trade at high prices relative to the amount of earnings they have but because the growth prospects are so good and these companies are expected to expand and grow so much in the future, you're essentially paying a very high price for the stock today relative to the earnings because in many cases, these companies aren't really making much earnings or if it is, it's a small amount, but you're essentially paying for that future growth, right? The share price is kind of factoring that in that over the next 10 years, yeah, maybe their earnings are small today, but if they're growing it at such and such a rate, well, over the next 10 years, each time that share, the earnings per share bumps up, assuming the share price doesn't get way ahead of itself, that price to earnings ratio will come down. So very common that when you see a high PE stock, often you'll see this in the tech sector primarily, all this is telling us is that investors are actually paying for future growth. So it could be a stock that has a very, very good growth potential. That said, you also don't want the stock to get too far ahead of itself, but a high PE isn't inherently a bad thing. A low PE on the other hand, 
is kind of the exact opposite. When you do come across a stock with a very, very low PE, it can signify value. It can signify that this stock is very, very cheap relative to earnings. Again, there could be a very, very big reason why. But I think to a couple of good examples over the past, trying to think of one now, I can't really think of any off top ahead, but I will pop up some examples on the page for you guys right now. But there are absolutely cases where a stock's share price may dive. There may be a big, big reason that the stock sold off, maybe some bad PR, maybe some bad news, something that's basically, you know, tanked the share price so that shares are getting cheaper. But if the underlying business hasn't really changed and they're still earning an exceptional amount or even a steady amount, well, that lower PE may absolutely be an opportunity saying, hey, we can go buy these same earnings or buy these same output for a much cheaper price. But again, you don't want to be fooled because it's very easy to go into, let's say, a value trap and um, find yourself in a case like that. One quick note to add that I probably should have added at the top of this video, but in case you weren't entirely clear, when you are looking at PE ratios on a website or whatever source you're using, very commonly you will see two different PEs. You'll see a trailing PE and you'll see a forward PE. And this goes for really any metric out there. But when we're talking about a trailing PE, that's essentially looking backwards. So that's looking at trailing data. You look back over the past year or 12 months, it takes the share price and said uses that data. A forward PE is very simply projecting out. So estimates of what the company's gonna be earning over the coming year or the coming 12 months, it would basically be a forward PE, what we can expect the stock to essentially be valued at if we wanna look at it that way or their price to earnings ratio going forward. But let's move on here to finish off the video talking about best practices when using the PE ratio and how I personally like to use it as part of my research practice. The first thing that I think is really important is that when you are using the PE ratio, it can be very, very powerful when you are comparing similar types of companies. So peers, uh, companies from the same industry, I think to an example, actually recently, like I might've mentioned it in a couple of my other videos, but over the past number of months, one of the stocks that I've personally been adding to, it's been a really nice performer, is the company Rogers. Rogers Communications, one of the big telecom players here in the Canadian market. Well, using the PE ratio when comparing up against the three big telecoms is a very, very clear way, in my opinion, of kind of assessing which one may be looking at a more attractive value. Because again, you cannot compare all companies' PEs because they're in such different environments and such different industries, right? You compare a tech PE to a consumer stable PE, in almost all cases, you're gonna be paying more. So it's not a good comparison. But if you're able to find three companies that in general are pretty similar, three great companies, Bell, Telus, Rogers, I like all of them. In fact, I'd be, it's funny, I. I, as a consumer and an investor, would prefer to own Bell. I'd prefer to own Telus as the companies in and of themselves. Roger's not a bad company at the end of the day, but based on the metrics that I was looking back over the past six months or so, Roger's looked the most attractive. And I still think that they do when looking up at even other metrics. Nevertheless, that's a very good way to use it. Uh, even if you're just looking at something like the Canadian banks, another very clear example where these companies do kind of operate in a similar fashion and it's very easy to compare against peers or a similar industry and identify which stock may be the most attractive at the given point. Number two is when you're looking at a company, take the PE and actually look it back upon itself. So looking back at historical data for a specific company. And depending on what sources you use, there's a variety of them out there, but you can often look back and see, let's say a company's five-year PE or their 10-year PE. And maybe historically they've traded at, you know, a 20 PE. And for whatever reason this year, 
their PE has significantly dropped down. The share price has come down, but the earnings are still quite good. I actually think the example that I gave about this was Google. So Google was a stock that I've again been buying and a stock that I forget the exact video that I can, I'll link it up for you guys at the top, but I was looking at their numbers and they were trading at a forward PE lower than they have in the past five years. Well, that's a good way of saying company specific, how have they done in the past and what are they currently at now? Again, another very, very valuable way to use it. A third way that you can use it, but not that I would really use it all that often is you can absolutely compare it up to the index. Like basically taking a look at basically, you know, broad, take the PE of a specific specific company and compare that to the S&P, to the TSX, see if they're cheaper than the average, more expensive than the average. You could do that also against an industry. So the first one was actually comparing against industry components. So like three telecoms, well, you could basically take the PE of a stock and relative to that index, I mean, sorry, that um, industry's average PE. Again, your various sources may allow you to do that. Or you can often just find the stuff on Google, to be honest. If you just Google certain things, like whatever you're looking for, you'll probably end up using various sources, but you can find it out there. You can find it all for free, but if you do use a paid platform, well, you absolutely can do that too. But in my opinion, guys, that's kind of how I like to use the PE ratio. As mentioned at the top, it's not an all telling ratio. This is just one tiny piece that goes into the overall research like process. And in fact, it's not even the first thing that I would look at, right? There are many, many cases where you could find a stock. And if you only screened for PEs, you'd say, well, this stock looked great. This stock looks great. This stock looked great. But if they haven't met all your other criteria that goes into your research process, then that PE means absolutely nothing. You could even have a really good stock, like a company that's, you know, for 10, 20 years, been a great, great company. And let's assume management is going to do something very, very stupid. Like let's assume a new CEO takes over and he's, he's a nut job and he's just going to drive the company to the ground. You could look at the PE and say, well, this stock looks cheap right now. And this is an attractive PE, but that's independent of kind of other things. If that makes sense, like the direction of the company, it could literally, they could literally be about to drive a company to the ground, but the PE ratio wouldn't tell you that the PE ratio would just say, well, the share price today, based on how much earnings this company is basically putting out. So again, just use this metric very carefully, but it is still a very, very important metric to understand. And hopefully in this video, I've helped you guys understand it a little bit better. Uh, at least maybe you've heard about it and used it, but maybe hopefully this gave you a little more clarity. If it did, you can feel free to drop a big thumbs up on the video. That helps the channel so much. If you're not already subscribed, subscribe for more content like this. Again, if you're looking to learn more, we teach all this stuff in our investing academy. It's that first link down below. This would be more of a beginner training course type of thing. But we have beginner intermediate program. You can learn all about that down below. But I would also like to hear from you guys. Do you use the PE metric on a like on every stock that you look at is something that you always, always will look for. Do not hesitate to leave a comment down below if you do use this metric personally, but I will wrap up the video there, guys. Hope you guys enjoyed. I thank you for watching and I'll see you in the next video.